till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. You're listening to Thanks, Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. Hey, Leanna. So welcome back Yay. from vacation. I'm so happy to be back. So to, so Leanna went on a vacation with um, First Descents, right? Right? Yes. They don't call it a vacation because everyone feels bad for you because you have cancer. So it's a it's a, an, a healing adventure. That's cool. And, and I, it's both of those things. Well, so this is the neat thing. You learned how to surf. <gasps> I learned how to surf. It was amazing. I never thought that at 34 years old, mm. I would be learning how to surf. So you'd never been on a surfboard before. Never been on a surfboard before. And I now have like a whole new part of my body. I mean, I I did have the easiest amputation ever, but it was like, I guess, an amputation of, right? of a breast. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you know, range of motion issues and pain issues and like just weirdness. Mm-hmm. And in my weird, like 35 year old middle-aged woman self, I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to surf. <laughs> how'd it go? I mean, how was Amazing. it? Amazing. Fun. Good. It was so Good. much fun. So first descents, um, they rent out a huge house. Okay. And it's you and maybe a dozen other participants. And they've all had cancer of one sort or they've another? They've all had cancer of one sort or another. And they were all diagnosed around the, I mean, around the same time from 18 to 35, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. So they're all people who've dealt with cancer as adults. And it's them and just like random strangers mm-hmm. from across the country. And then you have like seven staff, which includes two full-time chefs, which was amazing. Ooh. It was Was all, the food good? Oh, it was whole food, plant-based, delicious. It's like, I think I could be... I could probably eat better if it wasn't so much work. Right, if someone else were cooking for you. If someone else were cooking for me, nice. I like, wouldn't ever eat Doritos. You'd have great nails all the time, new dishes. <laughs> yeah, and cheese. It was amazing. Okay, so the food was amazing. Um, and they have like a full-time medic. Oh, that's nice. So you feel confident. Yes, so you feel confident. You also have like instructors in the water with you, coaching you, like however you need to be coached. And there right. were some people that were like, already like pretty good on a surfboard and had done this before and there were people who like were never like never in a million years would they have surfed otherwise so it's a wide range and yeah it was super relaxing um it was so much fun it was warm it was warm in north carolina it's not warm in boston yet not yet it's june (laughs) it's june we are seeing our breath in the air and it's very difficult to dress every day is like a dressing challenge it's weird it's a humid and cool at once it's It's very very, it's very cold and also hot it's it's impossible to dress. Every day I'm like I'm sweating one way or another. it's like not it's not good. Anyway, okay. I'm super glad you had that time. I mean, did you ever think like so did you ever think before you had cancer that 
you'd go surfing. Like, n- no. No. Uh, it's interesting. And my favorite thing about first descents is that everyone who was, in my experience, everyone who's diagnosed with cancer right, in this age range, like, you... You, you're trying to like make a new identity, and the age range is what for the people who haven't listened to the upper episode, their episodes. What's the age range of people who? Are okay, there? it's eighteen to thirty-five. So full-grown people, full-grown people who like now have to incorporate cancer into their identity, right? And they're like, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that, right? But first descent is like, what if your two point is a surfer? And that that's our topic today. Yes. That's exactly it. And that's why I think First Descent is so cool because, you know, so we're part of this new tribe, right? Of yes. Younger, young, youngish survivors who have maybe our whole lives ahead of us. The treatments have gotten really, really good. So we're, we have a 2.0 and it feels really different on this side. And you find yourself doing really different things, meeting really different people Feeling because you're part like of this replicant. new tribe. Oh, yeah. That's my that's my theme. <laughs> That's my theme. I mean, you, but we have the luxury because of treatments of right. feeling like you have to rebuild yourself. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing, too, that I really found interesting in going through treatment is that you are actually on a cellular level rebuilding yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're a whole new person. You're a whole new person. And you also are redeveloping a whole new mind with the consciousness imbued with the consciousness of a person who is fully developed, who, you know, is has been functioning as a complete adult, you suddenly get this little restart. And, you know, it's a real opportunity. But it's also really hard. It's confusing. And there's a lot of failure. And <gasps> weird. It feels weird. Doesn't this feel weird? Well, I mean, it feels weird because... I feel weird. You feel like a teenager, but you look like a fully formed, fully grown human. It's part of that whole replicant theme. It's I like, sound like a fully grown human. I have no idea. Well, and I've talked about this in the other podcast, too. I mean, I would wake up in my house about a year and a half ago. Maybe no, it was about a year ago. It was just over a year ago. And I would sort of look around and be like, whose life is this? It seems really nice. But wow, it's so complicated. And I guess I'm just going to have to figure it all out. And <sighs> it was really overwhelming. I mean, I thought I might so, have a learning disorder or something that had never been done. Diagnosed. So you turned over physically, and then you had this weird, like, rebuilding of your whole mind. Kind of like, where am I? After chemo brain. And and then also... In the midst of chemo brain? I don't know. Well, so, so here's what happens, too, and I think this bears mentioning. So when you're going through chemotherapy, that's, that's kind of old school, non-immunotherapy, non-targeted chemotherapy. So... Talking the taxol, the AC therapy, um, the red devil therapy, all of that stuff. Um, that's going to cut off blood supply to your brain for the time that you're on it. So we are not doctors. <laughs> right. But I did a lot of research on this and, you know, just for myself, because I wanted to know, I wanted to try to understand yeah. the things I was feeling emotionally. So I wanted information and I did find that out, and I confirmed this with my oncologist too. So yeah. basically what happens is during that period for the 12 weeks that I was on taxol um i was my brain cells were dying at their regular rate that continues to happen however you do not regrow brain cells during that time 
and then the chemotherapy stays with you for a while. So there's a period where you are regrowing slowly and then it suddenly starts to speed up when the chemotherapy leaves your body, which I believe may feed into that replicant feeling. Oh, yeah. So I that's what that's my story that I have told myself and I've confirmed it with the psychiatrist that I saw. My doctor never talked about those side effects. Oh, you have to really go there. They're not going to bring you there. You have to go there and you have to approach it in a very. Well, anyway, I can talk about it here on the podcast in a way I would never speak about it with my oncologist. Um, But she did confirm that for me. So I believe for me, it helped explain why I did have this feeling of slight surreality this feeling of being reborn, rebirth, it was actually happening. And, and you know, what helped me by learning about this is that that's when I realized, okay, so that's going on right now. And now I have an opportunity to actually maybe create some new channels in my brain and use some insights that I've had over this really hard year and a half of facing death, um, having to become a better person. I mean, you get stripped of everything. Yeah. You get you you were rebuilding your 2.0 because your 1.0 had a rough time of it. All of your ego identity is just stripped no, bare. Yes. So your 2.0 is gone. Right. So all of your ego identity, I mean, that that's what happened to me. It was all just stripped bare. So the things that I found my ego identity in was my job slash career path, um, my looks, um, which included the fact that I wasn't fat, which I got on chemo. So this is what you based your 2.0 identity No, this was my initial identity. Okay, your So initial my initial identity. identity was very much based on, like, what I did for work, um, you know, how I looked, um, sort of where I lived, like, my, like, who I was in a relationship with. Like, those external identities. Well, they weren't even necessarily, they were just, some of them were relationship-based, but all I have to say for me is that I got cancer, and literally, for me, all of it fell apart. So, it felt like, I, I just kept the same phrase kept repeating in my head at a certain point is I just felt like stripped bare. I had no hair. My nails were falling out. I had nothing left that I had called mine. Nothing I could call mine anymore. And I... Things that you used to know about yourself. Things that you used to be able to count on. Right. About yourself. Oh, even things like just being able to go to the bathroom reliably, like just these Ugh. things that used to be at least in control. Like, you, you like, know what I mean? don't have to think about every day. You could be, but suddenly, so I crawled to my parents like a teenager would. Do you know, I crawled mm-hmm. to my parents and I remember this, um, I took to the water. I, I went to my dad's place that he stays in the summer on an island and, and there was a pool next door. It was like, my parents went to a pool. It was a neighbor's why, pool. Why haven't I been to this magical place? It's far away. <laughs> anyway, so it's not around here. I wish it were. So his neighbor is a pool and I would just, and that's why I was glad. I wanted to be away from people. You know, yeah. I was, I wanted to be not in Boston. I did not because want to see. you're so vulnerable. I had no eyebrows. Like I, this was just after my eyebrows you had fallen out. crazy. You feel crazy. You look crazy. You feel crazy. You also need to move. So I had a new body and a new mind to put together. So what I would do every afternoon is I'd go to this neighbor's pool. It was empty. There was no one there. <laughs> okay, but it had water in it. It had water and it was perfectly kept. empty. Right. So I would swim back and forth for three hours 
a day. I needed to do it to get back into my body and to get back into my mind. And I would listen to this Robert Ohato who talks about, he's the one who talks about holographic universes and stuff like this. There's this <gasps> podcast I happened upon about like spiritual growth and Trust me, my 1.0 would have looked at me and been like, what a mess. (laughs) Swimming alone in a pool in a beautiful place where there's fabulous people all around. In the ocean. Right. No, I just needed to. I had a bad experience in the ocean that trip. I was not ready for it. It was my 2.0 and I was just out of the egg. Okay. So you were you were you were a child. I was a mess. I couldn't I didn't want to be with my dad. I didn't want to be with I just wanted to swim alone in that pool listening to Robert Ohato. I just wanted Robert Ohato. I wanted to try to figure out this holographic universe. What's it all about? Did you like play this really loud? I would put it on my I would put it. I would put my (laughs) like can the neighbors hear? I had to work at this. There's no Wi-Fi in my dad has so I would have to go to a cafe download it I'm the slowest Wi-Fi in the world bring it back to the house and then I would put it on speaker on my iPhone it was so weird and that's what I'm saying that's what you spent your whole time doing I spent two weeks doing when I realized I could do this and my dad my dad must have thought I was crazy. I, I was think like, you're crazy. I think I'm crazy in hindsight, but you know what? I needed to do it. I was so stripped bare. I was rebuilding. And and you were letting yourself do it. I was also creating new rules for myself. Things were completely stripped bare. And much like when you're a teenager and you really get into spirituality or UFOs or conspiracy theories or pick your poison. A lot of us are really into things. Well, we're really into things, right? Yeah, really exactly. We, we're, we're passionate. We're open hobbyists. to belief. That happens. You're starting over again and you're finding your new interest and your new way of being. And I think it's really important just to do yourself. I mean, I think my dad... I had such a hard time getting to know my new self. Right. I mean, like, it was because it's trial and error and it's failure to, like, know my... So I am a grown woman. I am a grown-ass woman. I have lived in this body for my whole life, which is 34 years that I've had with my body. Um, And... The first time we met outside of the cancer center, which is not the greatest place to, like, build lifelong friendships, was I came over, and it was the first hot day of the summer last summer. Mm-hmm. And It was right around this time of year, I think. It was right around this time of year. We should look that up. This yeah, might, we should. This might be our friend anniversary. It could be. Our, the, bro- the birthday of Thanks Cancer. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't a nice baptism for you. No, it was not. I did not. This was so... I took an Uber mostly over here, but I walked a little bit over here carrying a bottle of a nice bottle of white wine. Mm -hmm. I remember I got here and we had an Uber ride to an island. Well, it's not really an island. It's called Castle Island. Right. A lovely place. It used to be an island. Lovely place where we had. I made us lunch. I made us us lunch. lunch. Right. Um, And we were in the shade and it was like totally cool enough. And like we had we shared a bottle of wine and Mm -hmm. we had a ton of water, too. Mm -hmm. We did. Yeah. And then then we walked back to your house, which is like a mile away, which isn't that far. And then I want to say it's a little it's further than a mile. Two miles. I think it's about three. Okay, so three miles. But like I walk a lot. I live in the city. Right. So then. And there's no hills really. Right. No, I mean, there's like, it's like five feet tall. And then I took an Uber home and met some friends later for a drink, my sister and some friends. And I was also sitting in the shade and drinking water, but I had a, I started to have a glass of wine and then I got a hot flash (sighs) and I started to like overheat. 
So I like got some water. This group of people, we were sitting on a rooftop deck, and this group of people, I was like, I have to go inside where there was air conditioning. So we all went inside where there was air conditioning, and then I keep getting hot flashes. Mm-hmm. And it was the first hot day of summer. I had drank alcohol, um, but like not a ton. And I had walked, but not a ton. I had drank a lot of water because I know myself. I'm a grown woman. Right. And you had drank a lot of water. I was I drinking did. your debut. Yeah. Yeah. I, I needed to pee. Yeah. Walking home. Yeah. We looked for a bathroom. We could not find one. It's hard. Um, <laughs> but I started getting nauseous. I started getting dizzy and vertigo. And I couldn't understand what people were saying. Their mouths were moving. And I could not hear them. And I was like, wow, we were supposed to go out for dinner. Someone had already called a, like, large-size Uber because there were so many Mm -hmm. of us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't be here. I have to go home. Yeah. I had to have my sister call me an Uber. And you know how easy it is to call an Uber. Mm -hmm. It's, like, super, like, I couldn't even, I gave her the phone. I was like, you have to call me an Uber. I can't understand any words that you're saying. Mm -hmm. She's like, are you okay? Do you need me to come home with you? I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I just need to sit in an uber and go home maybe in retrospect she should have come with me but that's on me like mm-hmm. because i was like no don't come with me i feel so weird <laughs> like everything's odd so i she didn't come with me and the uber driver like i got in the car and he was like he said something i have no idea what he said i could not hear oh him oh my god still. that's scary it is a little scary i think you were really dehydrated or something and then i like for some reason threw up a little bit in my mouth but not in the uber car oh, right that. yeah and then i got home and I had six popsicles and laid in front of the air conditioning. And it was like the weirdest day. And I was like, what just happened to me? So when I started my new job, you have to go through like Auk Health or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the nurse, I talked to the nurse about this because this had just happened. Mm. And I'm like, do you know what just happened? It was so weird. And she's like, oh, yeah. No, like, you need to drink more water. I'm like, I drank so much water. You couldn't have drank more. Well, she said that I needed to start drinking, like, three days before. That's like, what true. you do with hot yoga. That's exactly right. Because it wasn't that day. I have to, like, drink enough to prepare for, like, three days in the future. And, like, mm-hmm. this is not something that I have ever had to think about before. Mm-hmm. Three days in advance. Am I going to be out in the sun? Like, it's just a weird thing. It's weird. It feels weird. I don't know how to not give myself heat stroke. Well, maybe, maybe now I do. I haven't given myself heat stroke since. Well, it is it is really weird. I mean, so I went from someone who was having their period, like, at my age, like, maybe three days a week something like that yeah so after my treatment my fertility came back muzzles everyone's happy right however my periods are now like they were when i was a teenager so this is another (laughs) 2.0 oh my god my body is ready to have babies after my so this is great news for tdm1 everyone should take note of that that's great but i'm not trying to have a child periods are the worst they are so suddenly i have to plan a little bit so it used to be that i would get my period and i would maybe even take a bikram class just to get the cramps out that's not so much an option anymore because it's debilitating it's debilitating um i i remember just like laying in my bed and crying there's a lot of it so that's in it yeah it's just it is a 2.0 and i guess that's you know it's like sort of just riding the changes i mean you know i i've had to also let go of some like some classic this is a much different topic but like just physically like I've had to let go of some clothes um I've had to let go of some clothes because my body's changed you know yeah. what I mean? but also I've had to just 
changed some of my fashions too because literally like my tastes have changed too. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like like taste and physical like there's a real blend here of physical changes, mental changes, soul changes, identity changes. Right. Oh. It's it's like kind of the whole pie. It's yeah. a real teenager or and it's like and also you just you nailed it too like you're going through menopause which is called the change yeah it's medically induced menopause it you know you're in a change oh it's a maelstrom so the big c doesn't stand for cancer it stands for change i think that there's something to that there's something to that i mean and chaos too do you know what i mean And, and all of that and opportunities i mean i think it's it's crazy i mean and here's the thing too um so this is part of our tribe, right? Our generation of, of new cancer survivors in this brave new world is that, so I, I, I reckon based on what I've read and knowing about some cell virology and whatnot, that I was probably fighting off cancer. This is the way it felt. And I believe this is the truth. I've checked this out with my doctors too. It'd been going on for eight to 10 years. Growing and getting kicked back by my body. Growing kicked back. I had night sweats. Yeah. They've well, gone because away. Because on, on like a really, really like pre-stage one level, like all of us have cancer. All right. of us have all of the time, you know, things trying to get out of control in balance. Like right. that chaos in balance inside of us all the time. I went to India for almost three weeks and I went to an Ayurvedic clinic. And I, I tell you, I kicked that cancer right out of my body and it grew back. But it was like there was yeah. I could tell you about certain times that I kicked because I wouldn't have night sweats and I wouldn't have something like just like things like, you know, yeast infection, whatever. I was just like, I wouldn't get these other opportunistic infections. Your 1.0 was one tough bitch. Well, she was fighting and she was hanging on, but she was also, and I'll tell you what, but my, I'll speak to my, speak of it as myself, but it does feel like a different person. My vision was getting really, really narrow. And even when I look at like my Instagram account, which was rudimentary at best before I had cancer, um, it's almost like I'm seeing things, this like yellow lens. And it reminds me of like the Wizard of Oz or the Matrix where they use different visual effects yeah. to go back and forth to indicate a time period. And I see that, I, I see that and I feel that when I look back and I think that's because and this is something we don't talk about enough, I think. You are at your sickest before you get diagnosed. And now you are not only pulled back from the brink to like, okay, you've got a modicum of health and survival. No, I feel better than ever in some ways. Yes, I'm exhausted. I've struggled with anemia. I have some other things, but I can tell you my cellular health, I hum differently. I feel a different energy, a different Mm -hmm. vibration, if I'm gonna use that. You were reborn into this new tribe. Yeah. And, you know, my tastes are really different. My choices reflect that. And personally, I can tell you now, lately especially, I've just started my new job, which I'm really excited about, that I think I'm going to be in for a while. I hope so. I really like it. Um, My boyfriend just moved in with me. I'm feeling... That's exciting. It's exciting. And I feel a sense of harmony that I have not felt for about 10 years. Wow. And this is the first time talking to you right now that I realize, oh yeah, that's probably when I started getting cancer about 10 years ago or 11, 12, something like that. So I do believe that um, we're just on the edge of starting to discuss these emotional components of cancer and survivorship because we're the first ones who can feel it. We haven't been completely destroyed. And the rebirth hurts, but it it's a good thing. There are there are things to be excited about. Here's how I feel about it too. You couldn't exist as your 1.0 because you were going to die of cancer. So don't look back with regret 
of things you've lost, they may have been the things energetically that were feeding into some of that energy that gave you cancer. I'll tell you, I was someone who really struggled with anxiety always been high energy and hypomanic and I've always been attracted to situations which feed off of that so I've had lots of leadership positions speaking positions and stuff like that um but that's not maybe what you want to be doing all the time every day with the anxiety well I can tell you this I'm doing a job very similar to the jobs I've had before now but I have no anxiety I'm not humming the same way. It's it's a very different energy now. Because you changed. I changed. I changed. So so it's weird. I feel a lot of touch points to my past. I feel a lot of the skills and capabilities, but within a different energetic complex. Like with a different vibe, just a different harmony. So what are our protocols? What are our protocols for getting to know your 2.0? Well, you know, here's what I'm gonna say based on my own experience. Um and based on your experience too, um, drink more water <laughs> and do more stretching. Be more like water, <laughs> right? And swim like I did, listening to Robert O'Hara. <laughs> swim in the water, <laughs> like just no, but really, like just like be fluid, like well, be fluid, be accepting, be be open to the, change. The surfing, you know? the surfing. Right? I got I got some time in the water. Right. I can see how that's healing. Yeah. I might I might have to spend a lot of time in the water. But this just summer. make sure you're drinking enough water. Okay. <laughs> oh my God! There's so much water. Drink your water. I don't want any more water. Okay, fine. So then what's your okay. protocol? <laughs> so um, you are a teenager. Right now, you are a teenager. Like, you should understand in your own heart and soul that you are 15 years old and let yourself be 15 years old. Yeah, but at the same time, here's what I have to say. Remember that no one else necessarily knows that you're 15. Because and, because you look like a grown person. You look woman. like a grown or man. You look like a grown person, perhaps, and they're gonna think that you may have a lot more figured out than you do. You're you're a really smart teenager. That's when you pull the cancer card, baby. No, no, I mean, but I would say no. I would say be ready to fail. Be ready to fail fearlessly. You know, okay. be ready to embrace. Um, your failures in the way that that teenagers should. That I wish I had more as a teenager, honestly. Okay. Um, and let yourself be surprised a little bit. I think that's so true. Let yourself be carried away by this new 2.0. Yeah, I mean, just thinking about the day I had today, you know, the job I have, coming back home, meeting you, doing this podcast, this is not a day I would have had in my life four years ago. It's just not like the kind of day I would have had. And so, today was amazing. Today was a good day. It was a good day. Today was a good day. All right. So speaking of restarting your 2.0 and getting your life started, and, and this has been really tricky for me, like getting your career restarted in a conscious way, we have a, um, a community recommendation. Yes. Where, yeah. to, where to find your cancer community because you're baptized into a new tribe, so you need to find it. That's right. So there is a company, a nonprofit organization that deals with getting your career started again or finding meaning, meaningful work after cancer. Mm-hmm. And the website is thetimebetweenis.org, which is online seminars, training, books, resume help, just really a roadmap for how you deal with your career after cancer. Well, I think it's something that, you know, I 
I can certainly say like it's it felt really important to me to try to find a job that was imbued with a little bit more consciousness for what would really feel good for me and what I would feel good doing. So you spend so much time at work. I'm curing cancer at work. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, it's funny. It's interesting, too. Like, I um, am finding a lot of pleasure right now in just the workaday stuff of projects. Do you know what I mean? Like, after a break, I'm just finding a lot of meaning in that. But it's taken it's been a process. It's been a loop de loop process in getting here. So I think it's awesome. And I think everyone should check that out for sure. Okay, we'll link the time between is dot org. You know, I really should have looked this up before we started, huh? Well, you know, cancer, <laughs> cancer brain, chemo yeah, brain. Yeah, chemo brain. It's it's really it's really hard. And the thing is, we should all laugh about it too. And that's one of the things we've learned, I'm right? Letting myself be a teenager, I did not prepare for this exam. Exactly. So let's just say, hey, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. <laughs> hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksgancer.com if you have something to share. Traffic stopped, you lay on the horn and you ask yourself, Where is my cancer unicorn? But we're at the gate with your cancer card, we're your passport date, cause cancer's damn hard. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. <laughs>